0: Hey guys, I'm going to take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20-plus years plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability, and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people, and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So, y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that. I support his business and he supports mine and that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. This is one of our newest show sponsors. This is a business that was started by Chief Dave Robertson and really what it all came down to is he knows that getting a fire job or getting promoted for the first time is incredibly hard. It's always a long process, it can be frustrating and it's, it's really incredibly challenging. What's even more challenging is that when you know that you always wanted to be a firefighter and that you would make a great firefighter or even more so being a great officer or chief and you just feel like no one will look at your resume or nobody will even give you a chance or take you serious for that promotion. So Chief Dave works really closely with you know, creating just a team of two, the two of y'all. He's all about giving you the commitment that's unmatched towards achieving your, your career goals and exactly what you want to do. He will mentor and coach you to help you become the kind of candidate that these fire departments are all looking for and they can't miss. Chief Dave from Fire Edge, he comes with 25 years of fire service experience. Guys, go listen to the episode that I had him on the show. He talks all about it. He's been there and done that and actually earned his stripes in this business. On the business side, he's got thousands of hours of coaching and training, leading, consulting, recruiting, building hiring processes, you know, you name it, and he's done it. Chief Dave, just talking to him, he's all about the one-on-one connection. He's all about customer service, and he really genuinely does care about the fire service as a whole and the next generation of guys that we're bringing into this business for a 30-year career. That all leads to having a strong passion with what you're doing and who you're working with. That's the 100% commitment that Chief Dave has given to me uh, with the Third Alarm Cowboys and what he's given to every single one of you out there across this nation and in Canada that are wanting to get involved in the fire service and that are wanting to make that next step. Truly, it doesn't matter if you are just a recruit that's aspiring to get a fire career job or you're a company officer that's wanting to become a chief or a chief officer that's wanting to move any high, even higher. What you got to do is figure out your why and find your passion that makes you truly love this job. And that's what Chief Dave Robertson is doing with Fire Edge. So, guys, give him a chance. Go look him up. Give him a phone call. He's putting his personal number out there for the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast listeners to give him a call and get your fire career either started and going or moving in the direction in which you want to do. So give Dave a call at 519-384-3072. And that's Fire Edge, career career coaching, training, and consulting. Y'all go give him a chance. Go get to know him. He's a great guy. Go listen to the podcast episode that I had him on. That's Chief Dave Robertson. I'm going to also take a second to tell y'all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other and he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap for y'all go over to norsefireequipment.com coupon code cowboy5 that'll get you five percent off on your online orders all right guys on with the show to all units. This is a 3rd Alarm. Switch to the TAC Channel. Hey guys, I'm going to tell you all about our Valentine's Day special I just launched for the 3rd Alarm Cowboy Cigars. All single cigars with a promo code VDay24 are going to have 10% off. So get your Valentine to go ahead and order you a 3rd Alarm Cowboy Cigar enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the third alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters. We talk about real life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions and stuff in your personal life, like relationships and finances. You name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life. And that's what we're going to talk about on this show. Alright guys, well I'm double dipping a little bit this week. I uh, have the house to myself tonight, so I figure I might as well jump on here and get caught up on having uh, having my episodes out like I normally am supposed to do. Uh, and really I'm going to just kind of jump right into uh, to some different things that have been on my mind. I told you I had a lot that I've been thinking about over the last few weeks, things that I thought about during the... Christmas holidays when the kids were home, and some things that I've been working on. You know, really just kind of collecting my thoughts and, and figuring out how I'm going to uh, uh, go about these next few months, and and the shows that I have planned, the ideas that I have for the things that I want to talk about. Pretty much, guys. I'm getting so many messages from y'all, and and here lately, it's uh, it just keeps. It's been even more. Uh, here lately, there's been a lot of y'all that have reached out and asked for advice. Honestly, a lot more than than normal. I mean, it's usually pretty consistent, a few a day, but here lately, it just seems like it's growing more and more. And you guys are sharing the show and sharing the content that I put out, whether it's memes or posts or or you know ideas or whatever. Y'all are just sharing it, and that that's awesome. And I can't thank y'all enough for that. But with on the flip side of that is I get contacted and and I hear a whole lot more stories. I hear a lot more people going through different things. I learn more. I'm able to, uh, you know, kind of basically ex- expand my knowledge and, and expand my thoughts and my views on on certain things, and I, that's a good thing. You know, I'm a I'm a constant, you know, constant learner, constant, constantly evolving. Uh, Dennis Riley from uh, First Line Fire Service Training. Recently made a post where, you know, he's he's real big on the on the traveling circuit. He goes out and, and is speaking leadership. He's talking tactics. He's talking operations. He's going all over the state. Of course, he's been a fire chief, and he's had an amazing career. He's been on this show. I encourage you all to go back and listen to that show to get to know him. Uh, just an all-around genuine guy. I mean, he's, a, he's an old head. I teased him on the show about him being an old head. Uh, but you could just tell. I mean, he's genuine. He's a genuine guy, genuine chief. And he's still a student of the business. He's still a student of being a firefighter. And it was really pretty cool the other day because I remember when he posted his original video talking about uh, carrying hand tools on your gear and you know some tips and tricks of how to do it. And he had a pretty cool setup where he put a golf ball on there with some, some paracord string, making it you know kind of easy to grab and, and what to feel for and this, that, and the other. And then he made a post the other day kind of critiquing it a little bit after doing some some training and talking to some other people and and just all this that and the other basically i made a post saying how you know learning never never stops evolving and he was able to critique how he had the the golf ball set up you know where it doesn't snag on stuff and you know make it less of a i guess basically less of a hazard uh for catching or getting hung up on stuff whatever and and that was just really cool to me and it's it's so awesome to tell when you're around genuine people that are in it for the right reasons and they're trying to do best by others and they're trying to truly help others, they're constantly, you know, evolving. They're constantly trying to uh, figure out different ways to either present information or to make it more relatable or you know, just all, all the different things. And and Dennis is one of those that's doing that. And that was really cool for me. To see a guy like that, that he, quite honestly, he's got the time in, he's got the service in, he's got all the experience in the world to be able to dig his heels in and say, no, motherfuckers, by God, this is how we do it. I don't give a shit what you were taught in school. I don't give a shit what such and such has taught you. I've been doing this for 30 years, and this is how it's done. And Dennis could very easily be one of those guys that does that, and he's not. He's out here learning from young guys he's out here learning from guys that are you know my age or younger that are literally half his age and have half the time in but because they've learned new tips and tricks or they've been able to critique different things that have been taught throughout the years he's evolving what he's teaching and that's so cool to me to see uh, you know someone of that caliber that's doing that and you know really it kind of it just takes me to the point where you know the knowledge in this fire service, is so vast, the experiences that you get, the uh, exposures that you get. You know, for those of you that don't know, uh, I did an episode recently talking about experience versus exposure, and I encourage every single one of you need to go back and listen to that. Uh, <laughs> I've been having some pretty heated uh, conversations on Facebook in regards to that recently, as well as some some other top podcasts. And uh, guys, we got some shit coming for y'all when it comes to that, because I'm I'm just tired of the facade. I'm tired of the fake ass, uh, p- just people that are claiming shit that, ain't, that they have no business even claiming. And, and we'll get into all that, and I'll let y'all know what's kind of coming up in the future with that. But the deal is this. As a fire service, our tactical and operational abilities and our skills and the things that we're mastered at, the things that we're experts at, the things that allow us to problem solve and and handle these truly emergency situations of all vast different types because we all know everything, every call that we run is different. So I say all the time, it causes us to have to be problem solvers and critical thinkers. Well, the thing is, what I've been really reflecting on, and I'm just going to give you all a little warning, this episode... I've bounced the idea around for the last few weeks And I've talked to a lot of people About how how I'm going to present this In a way where people understand it But also in a way where It's not Absolutely rejected And this information is actually absorbed And, and, and taken in And able to do some good Because I'm going to tell y'all some of Even my closest friends that I've talked to People that I know People that I've even worked with I've bounced the idea of, of how I feel and, I, and of course this is my show And I'll tell y'all The the ideas I'm going to talk about on this episode, and the things I'm going to talk about on this episode, is how I feel and what I believe in, and it pisses a lot of people off. People do not agree with what I'm going to say on this episode. That's your disclosure. So just go ahead and know it. it, This is going to be one of them controversial episodes. But to my opinion and how I feel, it is the God's honest truth. So that's what I'm going to put out. I believe that in the fire service, we are our own worst enemy. I believe that the fact that we are problem solvers and critical thinkers to a default is our own worst enemy and it has cost every single one of us uh, our true ability to flourish when it comes to financial means in the fire service so let me kind of paint this picture for y'all I made a post a few weeks ago because it's been brought to my attention recently you know, guys talking about burnout, guys talking about uh, anger, all the different things that go along with it. I'm sure every single one of you have experienced and the frustrations that come along with that. The mental health epidemic that the fire service is currently dealing with where guys are just – we're cracking. I mean, guys are cracking. Guys are at the breaking point. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I – have a soft spot for to the point where I'm willing to die on a mountain for is doing right by your people. I don't give a shit about rank. I don't give a shit about how long you've been doing it. If you don't do right by your people, then it really doesn't mean anything to me. If you're screwing your people over, then, then that to me is one of the most cynical things that you can ever do. And I, it, for me, in my mind, honestly, it's hard to even come back from that. So, one of the deals is with this, I made a post asking all of you, how many of you out there are working multiple fire jobs? And I'll tell (laughs) y'all, the response was phenomenal. Uh, The response was honestly kind of sickening. And I'll tell y'all straight up, I was sitting at my part-time with the assistant chief and the head chief of my part-time, as well as... The on duty crew, meaning the, you know, the captain and then the guys that were there. And I just, I put it out there. I straight up, I said, I'm, I put this post out. A lot of them follow the show. A lot of them follow the page. So they already knew what was kind of coming down and where this went about. But we were having the hard discussion about guys working second jobs and about the burnout, the fatigue, the uh, mental health issues, the divorce rate issues. I mean, all the different things I've talked about on this show. We were kind of talking about it. And going back and forth, and I said, "Well, y'all want to know what the actual statistics are?" Because somebody—I don't remember if it was the Assistant Chief or the Captain or whoever—somebody said, "Man, I'd, I'd like to know how many guys actually work, work second jobs and third jobs and fourth jobs." I said, "Well, fuck it, I'll put it out." So I did, and guys, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses. I wish uh, I wish it wasn't Facebook where it deletes it after a certain amount of time. Because I put it on my story, and I got uh, you know the the voting little deal. And there were several hundred responses on that. And then, I, of course, I posted in, in some of the you know, train or die discussion and some other major groups on Facebook for firefighters. And on each single one of those groups, including on the Third Alarm Cowboys page, every single one of them had hundreds of responses. So I can confidently say that it was well more than a 1,000 responses in total that I got for this. And the overwhelming majority... Uh, I want to say it was like 87% of the people that responded to that said that they're working at least two fire jobs, if not three. Some guys said four or five. And, of course, I showed the guys that because that was within a, my shift time period working there. It was I was there for like 36 hours, I think. So I showed the guys that stuff, and they were just blown away like, holy shit, okay, well, here we are. And it really got me to thinking, and this is something that's been on the tip of my tongue for a while because I've been pissed about it because, as you all know, I've I've done that. I worked two full-times for over eight years, and then on top of that, the other time periods, I was working multiple jobs if and, and doing all the exact same shit that every single one of you is doing. I'm doing it now. So I'm not just a, uh, you know, I, I'm not a rarity in this. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm not even saying that you're doing wrong, but what I am saying is the fire service is doing us wrong. Uh, Fire administrations and the IFF are doing us wrong. And I'm going to tell y'all why. Time and time again, fire departments step up or firefighters step up and handle what needs to be done with absolutely no thought of financial compensation on the back end of it. I would say... 20 to 25 years ago is when this huge push from fire administrations came down the pipe where they saw a dollar sign attached to EMS and the fire department. Prior to that, firefighters were not required to have two career paths under their belt to do one job. Now, the issue that I have with this, and this has been touched on by a million people have talked about this, so this is nothing new. But the reality to it is, we do dual jobs. You cannot actually even be a certified firefighter in the state of Texas without also being an EMT. That added responsibility was placed upon us, which also in turn, if you read the statistics, and I I should have brought them up, but I've, I've quoted them in other episodes prior to this, but... On average, what it's done over the last 20 years of the fire service for basically every fire department in the United States is double to triple the call volume by running EMS is what it's added to us, to our workload uh, by causing us to have you know the, the requirement of us to do dual jobs in a fire station to even have a fire job. Now, that's cool. A lot of us have accepted that. A lot of us understand that that's just part of the, part of the job at this point. You're going to have to be an EMT. You're going to probably have to be a paramedic within the next ten years at a lot of these places, and and that's just a reality. It is what it is. And we own that shit. Firemen own it. Firemen step up. However, where I'll say that the fire department administrations, the city administrations, the IFF, and everything in between, they have failed us in the in the realization of saying that these guys are doing two jobs. They clumped it all into one, and they said, well, that's now your new job description as a firefighter. But they forgot to say, oh, but we're going to pay you for two spots. We're going to pay you. So, you know, <laughs> fire departments are the n- notorious here lately for wanting to go and try to emulate corporate America when it comes to human resources laws and uh, how we're going to conduct ourselves and, and the business professional mindset and all this that and the other but what they're forgetting is one of the primary things when it comes to corporate america and this has been something that was truly opened my eyes over the last two years that i spent it in the industrial and fire service um dealing with corporate america because plant and industrial administrations are as corporate as it gets and (laughs) there's no uh there's no ifs ands or buts about it it is 100 percent corporate america But the thing is, I noticed and learned throughout being part of that process is even by being a firefighter out there in that setting, mm, there was a lot more things that were on the table when it came to compensation, when it came to benefits packages, and everything in between that was beneficial for the firefighters, which is the exact opposite in structural and municipal firefighting. We're just told what the hell we're going to get paid. And then on top of that, we're going to get told everything that we're going to have to do uh, in order to keep our jobs with no additional compensation. And I've heard my entire career, old heads, chiefs, pop off and say, well, when I was a firefighter, I made 20-something-whatever-thousand. When I was a captain, I made 30, 35,000. Okay, well, that's great. But here's the deal. When I started as a firefighter, I was still making $35,000. But the difference was when the house that you purchased at that time period cost $50,000, and the house today in 2024, the same square footage, is going to cost you upwards of $350,000 in most markets in in the United States, if not more in some of these higher cost of living areas. Payrolls have not increased. But as we're showing and seeing with the statistical data, call volume has doubled and tripled. Workloads have doubled and tripled. This is nothing that everybody doesn't already know, but I'm just painting the picture for you. We all know salaries across the board for every every walk of life basically have become or have been stagnant for decades while the cost of living everything has gone up. We know that. But here's my issue with the fire department. And this is where it's going to get in, and, and people are going to play devil's advocate, and people are going to hate what I have to say uh, and, and try to, you know, argue with it, if you will. But here's the deal far too many fire departments, in particular fire administrations, have the budget in order to pay their guys more. I see time and time again all these departments that assign additional job duties to their guys without compensation. And they just write it off in that well it's at the discretion of the fire chief or it's at the discretion of the fire officer or whatever. So that's part of your job to do. And as firefighters for the last however many years, we've just dealt with that. We've dealt with that and done nothing. And this is my this is my issue with the IFF. This is my issue with all the unions. Instead of sitting there and rubbing elbows with presidential candidates and all this bullshit that's going on at the federal level that every single one of you are seeing, when's the last time that you saw a true union coming down and fighting for wages and fighting for um, job jobs Conditions... The IFF did a great job for us In the first hundred years Of establishing a good standard For equipment and safety And all the proper things and, and, and items that we needed In order to do our job safely and effectively They've done a good job When it came to all the lawsuits uh, Protecting us for cancer And getting it where it can be funded Through our employers If you contract cancer throughout your career and all. They've done a pretty good job When it comes to all that But they have done absolutely nothing in recent times, for ensuring that firefighters are getting paid to the level for the demand that we are now required to do. And I think that you're not going to get them to do that, personally. I think that the IFF has completely forgotten their mission. I think that they're so wrapped up in politics at the federal level that It really doesn't matter what what Little Heath down here in Texas is even doing anymore. I don't think that they care. I think that it is a secret society, if you will, of a good old boy system between fire chiefs and the IFF and all of the other state union representations and all that stuff. They sit together and they go all sit at the big table and they rub each other's backs and they all take care of each other and they don't give a shit about what we're doing down here when we're running our 911 calls. That's truly how I feel. And Until somebody absolutely comes and has a conversation with me and I see some real change happen out of that organization, that's how I'm going to feel. Because I was a vice president for a union local, reached out to these guys, tried to get them to help with a lot of the conditions that we were dealing with in the workplace, and they basically laughed at me at the table. They said that that was not possible, that they knew the fire chief there, and he would never, ever, ever do that. So, once again, good old boy system. Nothing ended up becoming of it besides they took our union dues and went laughing all the way to the bank, and we were left holding and trying to keep trucks staffed and trying to keep crews together and keep people happy and keep people off of antidepressant medications and anti-anxiety medications, and the IFF didn't give a shit. That's, That's what I saw out of that. Now, going into pay and compensation and where we are in the fire service i've seen time and time again where expertise of firefighters for things that they are good at outside of the fire service being utilized by the fire department without any kind of acknowledgement any kind of appreciation or damn sure no kind of compensation Now, if the fire service wants to continue in this route that we're going in in corporate America, let me paint the picture for you guys of how corporate America really works and how the real world really works. Because when you work in a fire department in which things are a kingdom, in which things are all about what the chief says and what he thinks, then that's not corporate America. You're living in a dictatorship. Well, It's up to us firefighters at this point to start understanding. and get. I I preach all the time about how guys need to get themselves educated and how guys need to gain the knowledge. Well, I'm giving you all the knowledge that we are getting screwed. Financially getting screwed to the point where you cannot afford the house that you have. You cannot afford today's truck prices. You cannot afford today's grocery prices because you are getting screwed by the man. And the man, I hate to tell you all at this point in time, most of us, Throughout our careers, that's coming down from the fire chief. Because if there is budget allocation there to pay guys properly and they refuse to do it, and you see things. So I worked at a place that the fire chief's compensation was through the roof. Absolutely through the roof. New flight cars all the damn time. Business trips, business lunches you name it all that stuff he was getting to go do it taking the ESD board president with him to all these big fancy luncheons and they would go and and they you know the ESD board they all got brand new iPads purchased for them so that they could watch us on the cameras at the stations throughout the day and monitor our day to day they had the money is what i'm getting at they also were able to beef up where the compensation for those ESD board members for their meetings, when they showed up, they were getting paid for their meetings. During that time period, the pay for that doubled and tripled for their meeting attendance. So the money was there, but it wasn't getting kicked back to the guys. It wasn't getting spent for the guys and the equipment and the things that they needed to be able to do the job, and it damn sure wasn't getting, getting spent on the guys' pay. Now here's the issue that I have when it comes to a lot of things. It's easy for fire chiefs or senior guys, assistant chiefs, anything like that that have been in their position for a while or have been in the fire service for long enough in which they were able to purchase the means throughout their life, whether it's their house, whether it's their land that they currently live in, and they've been in it long enough that it's either paid for or with their increased salary being a chief, they have been able to pay it off because most of them have retired from somewhere else and came and you know took a fire chief jobs or whatever. And so – they don't have the financial constraint that said, you know, me and you as firefighters do trying to live on a firefighter pay rate in today's society. I don't understand how people that can be so good at numbers, but they don't understand what they're doing to their people on the back end of this economy. So I'm going to tell you all a story what really has kind of fired all this up. During my time where I worked in the industrial setting in corporate America, I was able to learn how the payroll shit and all that stuff really works out there. The more knowledge and skills that you obtained was truly what got you paid more. So, for instance, the plant that I worked in, if you were a maintenance man. Automatically you got paid more than the firefighters. But that's a different story. But if you were a maintenance man out there. You got this rate. If you went and got your. Forklift certification. That was a huge increase in pay. If you went and got. Your crane. Operator license. That was an increase in pay. Every single thing that you did. That benefited that plant that they could use, you got paid for. The fire service, we don't do that. The fire service, we say, here's your blank rate. You're required to have all these certifications to do it. And then, if you go and get additional certifications, if you go and get further tactical knowledge or abilities, well, then that's just a plus on you. That might make you look good at a later date. Or even better, take me for instance. I grew up operating heavy equipment. Pretty much anything with tracks or wheels or whatever, I know how to run it. So the deal with that is that's something that I use in my personal life. And of course, I've worked, you know, oil field, I worked welding company, running forklifts, doing all that kind of stuff. That's just. Typical shit for me. That's that's nothing new. It is you know it's just a normal part of daily life. Well, that's fine. And I get paid a certain rate. Say I go run run a dozer for somebody at home, um, I'm gonna get compensated for that. If I go and drive a truck for somebody here at home, I'm gonna get paid for that. Well, my old department. There was a lot of things going on, as you all know. We ended up having a delivery for something. I don't even remember exactly what it was, to be honest with y'all. It was a a truckload of pallets of something, some sort. I I think it was cases of water or cases of food or something to that effect. And the fire chief calls me on my cell phone and says, hey, There's nobody in the city that knows how to operate a forklift. I'm going to need you to go over here and unload this truck. And I just laughed. I said, What are you talking about? Nobody in the city. I mean, you got, if the city owns a forklift, surely there's somebody that works for the city, public works, whatever, that knows how to. No, there's nobody here that does it, and I need to unload it. I said, Okay. Well, am I going to get operator pay? He said, What do you mean? And I said, well, when I run a piece of equipment at the house, and this was a few years ago, it pays even more now, but I was like, man, operator pays like 28 bucks an hour. Well, you're not going to get that. I said, so you want me to go over here and do it for the 16 that you're paying me? And we already have all these payroll issues where you're actually already shorting me on my fire pay anyway, and now you want me to go over here and do you a favor to unload a truck that the city has dropped the ball on, and doesn't have anybody in the city that can operate a forklift, sounds like a personal problem. And I dug my fucking heels in on it. Because that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with. If that's an expertise that I have that you need, then you need to pay for it. I've heard of departments and stuff all the time where guys do certain jobs in their personal lives or they own businesses in their personal lives and the fire departments want to exploit it and want you to do it for free, It's just part of your payroll. Oh well, yeah, you can do it while you're on duty. You know, I know guys that that are construction have construction companies and everything, and the fire chief just expects them to build stuff for the station. There's a repair that needs to be done. There's a you know roof issues. Well, you're you own a roofing company. Just fix it. You will you know, you'll be on duty, you'll be getting paid, just go and fix it. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I know guys that their part time jobs or their part time businesses is installing radio and, and light equipment on on vehicles. That's the kind of business that they own outside. They do all the IT stuff, working on computers, working uh radio, all that shit that's way over my head because I don't understand it. But they do all that. Well, the fire department, whenever there's an issue with radio, hey, we need you to come over here and, and do this. Or you can install it while you're on duty. No, absolutely not. I don't agree with that. And here's why. It's exploiting your guys' expertise and the things that they spent time and their money to learn how to do and you're wanting to use it in order to cut corners on a budget and to be able to say, well, you know, I got such and such knows how to do this or we were able to to accomplish this, this, and this and it didn't cost the department anything. So it makes you look good. On the last episode, we talked about ownership, pride in ownership versus resume building. This is kind of more or less a part two going to that. And here's why. Guys, a lot of these administrations and cities and everything in between, if they're not willing to compensate you for the things that you know how to do, then they're exploiting exploiting. Your expertise to make themselves look good. Like that. That story that I told. The first thing that would have taken place if I would have unloaded all that shit was the fire chief calls the mayor and says, hey, I took care of that for you. you got that truck unloaded. This, that, and the other. Everything's good. And the mayor going to give the fire chief a pat on the back. He gets to be a good little boy. And... Was our payroll fixed? Was the issues that we went through as a fire department where we were getting shorted on all of our rank pay and all those things, were any of those issues resolved? No, but the fire chief got a that boy and it looked good. That's what I wanted you all to understand on the last episode. It For a lot of these administrations, it's all about themselves looking good and they're, they're building their own resume because they're making the contacts and they're being able to be that guy who, for these boards, these city councils, they're not even thinking about you at all. And so when you use your personal expertise to advance that narrative and advance that resume, you are screwing yourself. Absolutely screwing yourself. You're not going to get a thank you for it. You're not going to get additional compensation for it it's honestly probably going to end up being used against you further on down the line if you do it because then you're going to be viewed as a threat because you might know too too much. Because you're too broad in your expertise. You know how to do too many things. See, that's that's where I have an issue, how we walk around and we present ourselves as we're trying to be corporate America style human resources and administrations, but we're not matching it when it comes down to all the other things. If you work in a corporate job, say nursing, and you go obtain all of your critical care stuff to be able to operate in an ICU environment or a level one trauma emergency room environment whatever it is all of those different things come with compensation if you come into the nursing field having 10 years of prior experience working in this emergency room you're able to negotiate your salary when you come in if they want to hire you then you come in and you say well yeah but I got 10 years experience working in the CR yes I'm going to have to learn your system and where the linen closet and shit is in your hospital, but I'm bringing all this expertise to the table from my previous life, so you're going to pay me for it. And guess what, guys? They do. They absolutely pay. The fire department, we're the only ones that shoot ourselves in the foot by at this point in time being told we got to do two jobs now when 20, 25 years ago they did not. we got to do two jobs now, and anything that you might know how to do outside of that fire station, just makes it, you basically land it at the table on your hiring date to be used by the fire department. And I have a problem with that. I have a major problem with that. Those expertises that you have, the tactical skills and knowledge that you have in and out of the fire service, if it's being utilized by the fire department in any way, then it should pay. And when it doesn't, That's the reason why you're working multiple jobs That's the reason why you can't make ends meet You don't see a fire chief Having trouble buying groceries You don't see a fire chief Having trouble getting a a house financed You don't ever see that They're getting paid at their level And let's be real Let's be totally, totally, brutally, transparently honest Is it harder is the fire chief's job harder than a firefighter's job? I don't believe it is. I think that it's a different job. I think that it is consistent of different things. Yeah, you need to be intelligent. You need to be able to handle the numbers and the budgeting and all the you know professional side of things, the office job. But it is a different job. It's a completely different it's a different path, and guess what? It pays. Now I understand that there's exceptions out there. I understand that there's fire departments out there up and coming. They don't have the budget money. These guys may be sitting there thinking, "Man, I'm a, I've been a fire chief, and I'm only making seventy thousand. I'm not getting paid that much." Yes, I'm not addressing you. I'm talking about a lot of these departments that I've seen throughout my career, where fire chiefs are making one hundred and fifty plus, one hundred and thirty plus working a 40-hour work week. They have a take-home car, an expense account. They get to travel anywhere that they want to, to conferences, and and they're making an outstanding salary. And their guys, on the other hand, do not have the ability to advance their pay. No matter what kind of tactical or operational experience that they have, it doesn't pay any more. Any kind of certifications or tactical knowledge that they have it doesn't pay anymore and then when the fire department needs them to because we're trying to cut cost of installing things in the station or equipment in the station have issues the trucks need to be worked on or serviced or whatever so oh well such and such within the department he knows how to do that just get him to do it and it doesn't come with any pay guys we're shooting ourselves in the foot And I I can hear guys out there right now not liking this. They're like, oh, shit, this is not good. I can can hear y'all. But the reality is your job description is a firefighter EMT, firefighter paramedic, engine operator, fire captain, whatever. You are getting paid to handle emergencies and run calls. That's what you're getting paid to do. The taxpayers are paying you to be an absolute expert at firefighting and EMS calls. As I said on the last episode, we know that there's caveats to this job. Station duties, truck checks, blah, 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 all those parts of the job. However, if you're being asked by your administrations, like mine did, to go and take my expertise that I have outside of the fire service to come over here to do that fire chief a favor to make him look good to the mayor. It might be something to think about. It might be something to think about that for the last 20 years we have done two career paths. Two separate career paths for drawing the paycheck of one. There's some pretty awesome departments out there that Do pay additional. There's some pretty, I I mean, I'll say all day long, my part-time. If you're EMS only, it pays this rate. If you are able to go get your fire certification, that's a pay increase because it's a separate title. It's a separate job. It's a separate responsibility. So they do add that compensation there. But all of these other fire departments that have been out here for years, that they are only paying this rate is what we pay a year one firefighter. This rate is what we pay a year two firefighter. And I'm here to tell you guys, people are catching on to this topic. There's some badass fire chiefs out there that are catching on to exactly what I'm saying. They're going about it a little different way than I would, I would do per se, uh, or maybe not even. I, I would actually probably, if I was, tra- if, If I was looking at trying to recruit to fill all the demand for the stations that are being built left and right in all of these different communities nationwide and I wanted to get the best of the best and the top experienced people and I basically wanted to steal them from my neighboring departments, I would do exactly what I've seen in the state of Texas over the last probably 18 months. It's the first time I've truly ever seen this happening. Fire departments are accepting lateral pay. They're honoring your time at such-and-such department to come over here, and we're going to pay you for that time. So when you come in, you're not getting paid as a day-one rookie at this department because you're a day-one rookie at this department. We understand that you served 10 years over here. We're going to fucking pay you for it. That is the smartest shit that I have seen come out of the fire service when it comes to pay in a long time. I think that that is brilliant. Like I said, it's not exactly what I'm talking about on this topic, but I'm seeing it time and time again. People are realizing, and and this is something that my friends and I have talked about for years. The 10 to 20 year firefighter right now, because that's me, we are rare. You have one to five years, and then you got 20 years and up. Well, right now, I'm seeing it left and right all over right now. The 20 year and up guys are retiring left and right in mass numbers. So that leaves a massive fucking gap in experience because due to the 2008 recession and everything that went down during that time period my generation of firefighters just not there because during that time there was no jobs. You were lucky, lucky, lucky to get a paid fire job from 2009 till about 2015, 2016. And That has caused a huge void of experience. It's caused a huge hole of leadership. And so these younger fire chiefs that are promoting and coming up and and seeing the writing on the wall, that basically within the next five to ten years, everyone is going to have less than ten years' experience out there. Your officers are going to be three years to five years in. So if we want to scoop up everybody out there right now that has 15 years in, we got to pay them. And cities are understanding that, ESDs are understanding that, and and they're paying. They're scooping people up. So my advice to a lot of these fire chiefs out here that have been exploiting their guys and have been you know, basically using the knowledge of their people to make their own resume look good because they were able to cut, cut corners on their budget and they were able to save money by getting their guys to do shit online, those days are probably over for you. You're probably about to start really hurting. Guys are also starting to get really smart in the fact, and this is something I have encouraged from day one, and I will always continue to encourage guys. Get the fuck out of the fire service for your second job. Now, I say that in the fact that I I have done it, and I still have a part-time, but it's not my bread and butter. I do this business. I have the cows. We breed horses. We have, you know, I'm not going to knock on my wife, I married someone that has a good-paying job. We have been smarter with our money and our finances than I have in years past, where I'm blowing and going and all that. You know, you draw at one point in time. I was drawing two captain salaries, at two departments, making really good money, full time at both, and didn't have a, a damn dime to show for it. So I've gotten a little more responsible. But what I'm getting at is start taking your assets and your finances, investing them then in yourself into something outside of the fire service. Something. Uh, I I can't even tell y'all because I tried to read all the comments from you guys on that survey that I did asking how many were working second jobs. and Honestly, it kind of broke my heart to know because I know the reason why y'all are all working second jobs is because you're not being compensated adequately for today's fucking cost. And it's not fair. It's not right. In the 80s and 90s and all that these guys that are now Chiefs, early 2000s, these guys that are now Chiefs, they did not have to work. They worked their shift, maybe a little bit of overtime, and, and that was it. Because the cost of shit was not so high. My parents' first house, they bought in 1989 was a 3 bedroom, 2 bath brick house and it was $55,000. That same house was for sale 3 years ago and that sucker was 250,000. Sitting in the same spot with the same sidewalk, the same damn shrubs that my mama planted in 1989. So from I get absolutely sickened when I hear these old heads and administrations and stuff say, "Well, I was making such and such when I got when I was in your role. I don't give a shit, man. Nothing costs like it did. Nothing. You could buy a new truck back then for ten thousand dollars. Go price a new damn truck right now. The truck I got sitting in the driveway right now, brand new, is over $90,000. And I make $63,000 at my fire department. That's It's not even comparable. So when you think about really where we are on the financial means as firefighters, of what we're looking at, and I understand it. Like I'll say all day long, I, I'm a numbers guy. I get it. I understand a, a fire apparatus that used to cost 150 thousand back then is now a million fucking dollars. Like I get it. There there is extreme costs that have gone up. Back then, you didn't have the demand and the uh, regulations on gear that you have now, where you're having you know to purchase new gear every few years, even if it's in a vacuum sealed bag because it's expired. There's so many different things that have increased with our way of life up to 2024 but it is the fire chief's job to ensure a quality of life for his or her people and it's just not happening when you have 80 87 or 89% of firefighters are working on this on the on the the poll that I did we'll say almost 90% of people that follow this page and this show are working a second or third or fourth or fifth fire department job, duty crew job, EMS job, whatever. We're not doing right by our people because what we're doing is causing the burnout where they're 20 years of doing that shit, guys, that's actually 40. That's 40 years in a fire station because you're double-timing it. We want to talk about numbers, we want to talk about math, we're great at balancing budgets and all this shit, but we're not very good with time. We're not very good at understanding time. If I'm working two full-time jobs in a fire station, then that is double the fucking time. So in a 30-year career, you spend 60 years worth of time in that fire station. But I'm going to tell you what you're not doing. You're not spending 60 years worth of time with your wife and your kids. You're not spending 60 years worth of time protecting your mental health and protecting your body's health. You're not. We have this huge push right now happening in the fire service of, of mental health, of fatigue, of all these different things and we are not focusing on the main cause of all this shit. It's not the cause we're running because every single one of us we're, we're resilient. Firemen are resilient we're able to handle that shit. We're able to compensate to the, to the end of days and days of days. The reason why we're dying and we're losing our minds when we get to the end of the line at retirement, or a lot of guys aren't making it to retirement, they're getting out prior to that because they break, because they cannot handle the need and the have to to work the level of hours that we're having to work to have any sort of quality of life. You can blame it on, oh, well, you're you're not spending your money wisely. You're not budgeting properly. Damn, you can't budget what interest rates and shit are. You're gonna live in a box, cause I'm here to tell you, the house I live in, guys, it ain't nothing special. It's paid for and it don't have a note, but it's a single wide trailer house that 15 years ago cost thirty thousand dollars. This exact same house today, if I went to buy it, I'm telling y'all, it is nothing special. It is the bottom of the line. You can hate me, think I'm I'm whatever. Oh well, he's not fancy. This, this I don't give a shit, guys. I ain't got a damn house note, but. The reality to it is this house right now is over $80,000 if I had to replace it today. And it is nothing special. Absolutely nothing. But the only thing special about it is it doesn't have a note. That's it. So when you're talking about that level of increase in pay, it has nothing to do with your budget. This is literally the cheapest of the cheap of homes you could possibly try to buy. And most of you guys at these fire departments, could not even afford to mortgage on this if you went to try to buy it brand new without having to work a second job. So you're having, in order to do this path, and the old adage was, well, you're not going to get rich doing it. Yeah, but you got to still pay your bills. you got to still survive doing it. And, and surviving is not working 96 and 100 hours a week. It's not. You miss out on so much. That's not fair to your wife. It's not fair to your husband. It's damn sure not fair to your kids. For you to literally never be around so they don't have a parent just to get by? That's not right. And anyone that would argue that fact and say that, well, that's just part of the job is sick in the head and does not care about their people. Does not care about their people at all. Doesn't care about their people, doesn't care about their families, nothing. It is a, it's blowing smoke up your ass if they sit there and say, you know, publicly, oh, my people are my number one asset. But you got all your people because you refuse to increase pay, you refuse to pay them adequately, you refuse to take that money that you're spending on flight cars and your bonuses and all this stuff and dump it back into your people's pay, and ensure that they're not having to work second jobs, and ensure that they have a good quality of life of being able to be at home, to spend time with their families at home. Then you are you are the you're a walking hypocrite. I made a post earlier today that said, "Let me read it exactly, because a bunch of you already were jumping on there, commenting." So the post said, bad leaders can generally fool the people above them. They can also fool their equals, but they can't fool the people who work under them. And I'm going to tell you all, that is one of the most true and real things that I have ever read on Facebook. Because you can go to your meetings, you can go to your conferences, you can travel all around the world and tell people what kind of great shit that you got going on at your department. But if people went back to your department and asked, hey, how are things really here working for such and such? Are they going to say the same things that you're saying? Are they going to feel the same way about you that you make the whole rest of the world think about you? And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest things of that are if you allow the guys, you, you present the financial means to, for one, show appreciation for the job that they do, the knowledge that they have, the experience, the true experience that they have. I'm not talking about them walking around with their bullshit. But if they really bring something to the table, then you need to pay them for it. Because anywhere else in corporate America and in the United States does. It absolutely does pay. I don't give a shit what you say, what you think, what you've read. Or talked about in your conferences, because the thing is this: this is how hypocritical. I'm going to go on on a rant here. This is how hypocritical it becomes whenever you start sitting in them fire chief roles. Firefighters aren't allowed to negotiate our our pay, right? We can't. It is what it is, and everyone that's an online personnel. But did y'all know when you go and these fire chiefs interview and shit, and when you look at the job posting on there, it'll say D O Q dependent on qualifications so what that means to all of you is that the very person that you're working for was able to negotiate their pay when they took that job but you can't negotiate yours it's going to come to what the hell they think you're worth but when they got their job they sat for the city council or they sat for the fire board or whatever it was and they were getting hired And they extended an offer. They could negotiate their pay and say, well, I've got so many years doing this. And I have this degree and this certification and this knowledge doing this. And I have the networking abilities to do this, this, and this. And they bring their whole resume that they care about building for this whole time period. They bring their whole resume and drop it on the table and say, pay me. But you can't do the same. Why? Because you're a damn firefighter. What you got to do is work two jobs for the next 20 years, never see your fucking kids, never see your wife, don't have any kind of quality of life because shit costs too much, so you're going to be married to that fire station or to just stay afloat and keep the lights on. And that's going to be the rest of your life. That's your existence. So guys, how does that make you feel? Me, when I finally had this realization and I finally started seeing it, fired me up as y'all can tell. It made me realize that at the end of the day, you pouring your heart and soul into the fire department, yes, is a good thing. Yes, it's needed. You have need to have that pride and ownership of that fire department and of that station. But guys, you're gonna have to do some shit on your own. You're gonna have to get out of the rat race, hamster wheel of Today's fire service, when it comes to your financial means and your ability to grow to the quality of life that you want, you're going to have to establish it outside the fire service until the IFFs of the world and all these other people really start stepping up and fight. You know, the unions back in the day, y'all go back and look at Jimmy Hoffa days with the Teamsters and all that shit. Unions had their place and they were badass. They were badass. That's what the IFF is modeled after for you know, what we're, we're supposed to be doing. And they did a phenomenal job of locking that shit down and, and ensuring fair wages for labor. If you worked more than your shift, then by God, you got paid this. If you were held over and were required to do extra duties, then you got paid extra. I mean, the unions had their place. But they have completely lost their way and they're not taking care of us. It's to the point now where now we're being demanded to do two careers for one career's pay. We're being demanded now by a lot of these places to use our expertise and our knowledges and our outside businesses to benefit the fire department without pay. And you can say what you want about, well, you're on duty so you're getting paid. No, you're on duty so you're getting paid to fill your job description as a firefighter EMT. To run those calls... Take care of the community. In that job description, it does not say go fix the roof of the fire station for your fucking normal pay. It doesn't say that. What it is doing is you're helping the fire department administration's budget where they're not having to put out to bid to pay a roofing company $500,000 to come over here and fix the shit. You just save them $500,000. So my personal opinion when it comes to that, guys, I'm going to tell you, this ain't liked, but this is the truth. If you're able to do a job for the fire department that saves them a line item budget of said amount of money, they should compensate you for that set amount of money. Now, I know we can get into the legal terms of that where it has to go out for bids and it's going to be the cheapest bid and blah, blah, blah. So, whatever. If we're going to start doing kind of uh, what I would like to call shady shit to try to cut corners to save on budget costs, well, then that's fine. You want me to do it while I'm on duty, this, that, and the other? Then we won't slide it underneath, but you can write me a check for a fucking safety bonus. You can say, well, yeah, he was able to do it because you're already paying for me extra, Right. You want me to do it? You want you're cool with me holding over on overtime and doing it? That's fine. Well, if the roof was going to cost you fifty thousand dollars to fix it, how about you? Uh, y'all want to do some shady stuff and stay off the books because that's what you're already doing. I shouldn't even be saying this shit. This is just me being a smart ass, but it really fires me up. But you can just say, all right, well, cool. It was going to cost if you to hire Joe Blow Roofing Company, commercial roofing company, to come over here and fix the shit. But you want me to do it on my pocket? Then you're gonna slide me twenty five. That's where I'm at with some of this shit. When you're doing things for free and it's cutting their cost for other stuff, you should be compensated. Stop doing shit for free, guys. It's only costing you and it's only costing your family. And y'all will tell me, well, where's the brotherhood in that? Where's the pride and ownership in that? Well, where's the pride and ownership Of taking care of your people Where's the pride and ownership of being able to say That my firefighters are the best performing firefighters They all have the best home life We don't have a divorce rate here at this department We don't have people on antidepressants And anti-anxiety medications here Because we truly care about mental health We truly care about our people And ensuring that they're healthy inside and out On the job and off That's your pride and ownership Not using your people Like I said, this show will probably stir up a little bit of shit, but I just see it so much. I mean, I personally, like that, you know, the story, I, I I've been asked to be used for my experience and my expertise outside of the fire service to benefit the fire chief. I've seen it time and time again throughout my career, people getting used for different stuff, they weren't compensated. Hell, my favorite is whenever they literally these some of these cities and shit have truly expected guys, I'll I'll go ahead and put it because it's public knowledge, my local department right up the road where I grew up, the city refused to allocate funds for the guys to fix their stations properly and make them up to code for TCIP, which is the Texas Commission on Fire Protection. They put out our rules and regulations. That's who our governing body is as firefighters in the state of Texas. They had new requirements for how gear lockers and stuff had to be gear locker due to um, you know all the cancer stuff and everything that's come out all the research and all that the the gear lockers that used to be out in the engine compartment or engine bay had to be removed and placed in a climate controlled environment to prevent carcinogens build up. The city was like, okay, well that's cool. Sat on it, sat on it, sat on it, sat on it. We got guys literally at that department that's been diagnosed with cancer. City ain't doing shit. City manager's just sitting there with his thumb up his ass. So the guys take their money, some of the guys that own construction companies, that's their side business, take their money, their tools, their shit, and build build out the proper, I guess what you call closet areas at the stations to properly store the fire gear with zero compensation. How the hell is that shit okay? All to have a, a city manager who refuses to do adequate compensation for his people. Refuses to, to pay these people the right way. To handle their shit. And guys, you know, I I know these guys. I know these guys personally. They were doing the right thing, taking the pride and ownership of their station, stepping up when shit needed to be done to protect each other, to try to prevent further cancer, trying to follow the rules and regulations of the Texas Commission on Fire Protection to prevent the fire department from getting fined. These guys thought they were doing right. And in all actuality, they probably are. However, in my book, that is fucking wrong. In my book, that is using your people's expertise and not giving a shit. And I just think that that's, I think that that's, we're at a point where enough's enough, guys. Enough is enough. Everybody wants to talk about how well lawyers have ruined the fire service. But this is exactly the kind of shit that lawyers have actually done to try to protect us. If you got fired, Because you refused to use your personal roofing business or construction business to work on the fire station without additional compensation and you got fired for that or reprimanded for that or retaliated against for that, a lawyer will fucking eat that shit up. And what the hell is the fire chief going to say? What the hell is the city manager going to say? Yeah, we fired him because he wouldn't do us a personal favor. Come on, guys. That's where we're at. We've backed ourselves in a corner by being such great problem solvers that city administrations and council people and fire boards just know, well, the firefighters are going to do it. Whether we take care of them or not, whether we shit on them or not, whether we fucking pay them or not, the firefighters will do it. And you are the one having to work two jobs and never seeing your kids. You're the one that can't pay your fucking mortgage. You're the one that's struggling to pay groceries. That's you. So where are we at? That's something I want everybody to think about. That's something that I think we need to rectify going into this future of the fire service where we're seeing all these massive changes. We're seeing all these massive retirements where these older mindseted people that bought their house when it cost them $55,000 that grew up making dog shit money and they just expect you to handle it making dog shit money. They're all retiring and leaving. It's up to us now. We're it. My generation of guys out there, if you're the 10 to 20 year guy, we're it. We're the next up. We are the senior men. These these younger firefighters coming in, they're looking at us. That's why you see so many guys out there of our generation that are doing all this training. And that's great. Just make sure that the information you're putting out is accurate. But you'll you'll never have to worry about being accurate. If your main mission is to, to take care of people and to take care of your crew, if that's your main mission, then you will always be in the right If your main mission is to ensure that your crew doesn't get divorced, to ensure that your crew doesn't miss out on family time, to ensure that that their kids don't have problems with mommy and daddy having to be gone for four or five days a week, then you will always be in the right. You will always be in the right. You never have to worry about screwing up. As long as that is your forefront mission, and, and that can even be going down to... Ensuring that they know their job the best to stay safe and to go home. But your your frontward mission. I had a guy that messaged me earlier today. And he was asking for some advice about his career path. And I said, don't ever forget who you are. Don't ever forget why you want to do this job. Don't ever sell your soul for rank and promotion. Stick to who you are. You'll never be in the wrong, and and that's just wholeheartedly where it is. So that is the the problem that I want to present to y'all that I see when it comes to firefighter compensation. This is the you know the union man and me wanting to try to come out because I'm seeing it, and and in recent light there was some stories that came and and you know basically landed in my lap of this mixed in with the mass percentage of guys that I saw on that poll that are working multiple jobs. Here's the problem. Here is the problem. So I'm putting it out for y'all to understand and so that everybody can see like, hey, guys, this is why y'all are working so much. This is why y'all are working second jobs because we are automatically, every single one of us is already doing two careers for the price of one. Match that with the cost of everything in 2024, the cost of living, no matter where you're at, it's higher than it was several years ago. And it's going to continue to grow, but our salaries are, I mean, some places, yeah, we've gotten some raises. I'm making more now as a firefighter than I did as a damn captain. Pay has come up, but what I'm telling you all is it had not come up enough. And now we're seeing some awesome fire chiefs that are out there that are recognizing experience. They're recognizing that we need quality people moving forward in the future. So we're going to start scalping them, man. We're going to start. We're going to pay them. We're going to honor them for their time. We're going to honor them through money and we're going to recruit them. So, all you fire chiefs that are out there that are listening, because there's a bunch of you that I know now, um, that's something you really need to attack. That's something you need to look for in the future. Most of your firefighters are having to work mo- multiple jobs. To make ends meet. And you wonder why they're fatigued when they come to work. You wonder why they're tired when they come to work. You you have to understand. It's not them being defiant. It's not them being to the point where. Oh well you know they're living outside their means. Nobody's living outside their means. I don't know anybody that's living in a damn mansion. But when a little three bedroom two bath brick house. Costs over $300,000 in most places in this country. What are you to do? Live in a damn box? Put your whole family in an RV? Or better yet, like a lot of guys, not have a family? Don't have kids because you can't afford them? You're not doing justice. You're not doing your people right if that's your mindset, that they're living outside their mean. No, they're not. Most guys are not. It just costs that much to live. And a lot of these people have been living at 100 plus salaries because if, you know, if they did it right or whatever, they were a, a captain Then they were a district or battalion chief, deputy chief, assistant chief. Now they're a head fire chief. They've been in that triple-digit salary for many years now and forget what it's like to be down here in the double-digit salaries where during that time that you were up there six figures, the cost of life has tripled or quadrupled for some people. So that's just something to think about, guys. I can't wait for what we have coming up. I'm going to be a guest on a couple of shows. I've got some really good guests coming on. The 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 movement of the Third Alarm Cowboys is is growing. I mean, it's just insane. It really is. I know I say that on every, almost every episode, but every single episode I sit down and record and we've just grown that much more and more and more every single time and I'm blown away by it. So y'all continue to share our post. Keep helping us with getting our content out. I got tagged in a post today that basically said, if you're a firefighter and you're not listening to this podcast and you're missing out, go follow now. That's exactly what I want from every single one of you. If y'all can go on and share and continue to get this out, I really want to make a difference in real life shit, guys. If y'all ain't figured that out by now, then I don't know what to tell you. But that's the stuff that matters to me. These kind of exact conversations matter to me. The fact that we have 90, almost 90% of the people that listen to this show or follow us on social media answered a poll showing that they're all having to work multiple jobs to make ends meet we're not doing right at our full times. The full-time salary is not where it should be then if that's the case. Now, you know, if if you're living way outside your means, then you probably better reevaluate. But you can't tell me that 90% of people out there are living outside their means because I know better. Cuz I'm not living outside my means, guys, and I'm right there in the same boat as you. We have been failed by the big unions that say that they fight for for proper pay and benefits. We have been failed by a lot of cities and administrations out there by adding more and more workload on us and not compensating. But we want to sit here and act like we're moving in a professional manner of headed towards corporate America, and we have to abide by all the rules and regulations that go with human resources and all those kind of things now. But it's not... It, They're cherry-picking rules. We're cherry-picking what we're doing in the fire service. And I just don't think that's right. So... I presented the problem with y'all guys, and this is the deal. I I encourage every single one of you to do what I've done. Go start you a business. Go run something outside of this because your mental health really is important to me. It's important to your families because they're the ones that have to live with you. They're the ones that love you. They're the ones that want to be around you. And you being gone, working 100 hours a week in a fire station, countless med calls, countless fires, seeing trauma after trauma after trauma, and you can be like me and be one of them guys that – you know, never recognize it, whatever, but I'm here to tell you even if the blood and the guts don't bother you, the hours gone and the level of stress eventually will catch you. The level of long term fatigue that goes with never getting a good adequate night's sleep because you're constantly listening for tones or the phone to go off catches you. And I'll be the first one to say and admit it that I didn't believe in that shit for the first 10 years of my career. But I'm here to tell y'all it is a real thing. Your hormones will suffer. Your body will suffer. Your joints and your bones will suffer. And you will feel every bit of it before you reach retirement date. And what are you to do after that when you retire? Now you're fucking broke down and you're you're hurting and your brain is worn out. And you're completely emotionally and physically long-term fatigued. And all you did at the end of the day was break even. It shouldn't be that way, guys. We should be able to put in a great career, enjoy our time, and and have a great brotherhood. And then on on the back end of that, have a great retirement. We're sacrificing now for our retirement later. You should be able to enjoy your life after retirement. You absolutely should. And to be able to do that, you need the financial means now. So if that you know if if your fire Chief is not doing what he needs to do to take care, then you need to figure out a way to get something going on the side that benefits you 100%, whether it's a business. I'm not going to tell you all what kind of business to get into because you'll have to come up with something. I mean, that's the whole part about it. But the beauty is most guys are working 10, 10 to 12 days a month in a fire station, so that leaves you counting having some weekends off and some time off. That leaves you 10 to 12 days a month to be able to do something different. Find something that you care about and actually enjoy doing. If it's a manual labor job, if it's something you know, tech school, Anything like that, guys. You're already, it's a blue fire department is a blue collar job. You're already getting sweaty and getting nasty and all that kind of shit. So, most of you shouldn't be scared to do a little hard work. All the tech jobs that are out there, vocational jobs, they're starving. They're starving for people. You got the time off. Go get you a little certification, whether it's in welding or whether it's in plumbing, HVAC, something like that. Go get you some sort of little tech job on the side that's going to pay you. 50, 60, 100 bucks a fucking hour, guys. There's welders out there right now that are making over $200 an hour. If you own your own welding business, you know, meaning you have your own little truck and you got a good little welding rig set up, you can build your own schedule bid in some jobs, build some shit for some people, do it on your days off. You don't have to give up your fire department gig, but you have that going and all that money is yours. And on the backside of that shit, every bit of it is a tax write off. Every bit of it will be a tax benefit to you in the long run, but you could say at the end of the day that it's yours. You will never be able to say at the end of the day at some of these departments that that fire station is yours, that that fire department is yours. You're just not going to be able to do that. It's not. It's the taxpayers. It's the communities. Some of these places, it's the fire chief's department. So, I want you all to really start thinking about that stuff and start considering what you have to do to try to take care of yourselves and your family for the long run. Being a fireman is great. It's fun. It's it's an amazing career. But in 20 years and you look up, where are you going to be financially? Where are you going to be mental health and physical health? That should be something you're thinking about today. This is real life. You only get one time, unless you believe in reincarnation and all that kind of stuff and then I don't know what to tell you. But this is what you get right now. Don't spend it all in a fire station working two and three jobs to try to make ends meet now. If that's if you financially have to do that right now, believe me, I did too. Reevaluate some stuff, make a little bit of sacrifices, maybe make a little bit of changes, start pouring your heart and soul into something that's going to pay you. And going to make a difference for you and your family. That should be your focus, guys. So, with that being said, hope y'all enjoyed that. I know it kind of, that's going to be a little touchy. <laughs> but it is what it is, man. I, I'm just, I, I'm i blown away the fact that we got 90% of, of fire. I already knew that, I guess. But the fact of it, it really just slapping me in the face. And it's just not getting any better. Shit's only getting more and more expensive as time goes on. Interest rates are only going to go up more and more. Uh, Insurance is only going to go up more and more All those different factors You know right now If you bought a house during COVID When interest rates were low And you got that locked down Well that's cool But when your escrow goes up Because your taxes have doubled And your homeowner's insurance has doubled Well now your monthly note has gone up some, some people I know, their monthly note since COVID has gone up $900,000. Well, what does that mean? Well, that's an extra two shifts that you're having to work at a fire station somewhere to cover just that growth. Well, guess what? Escrow not going to stop. It's going to continue to go up and up and up and up and up. Even when you pay that house off, you're still going to have to have some insurance on it and still pay taxes. But you won't pay that house off for 30 years. So now you're strapped with having to pay for that note for the next 30 years. Plus having to work extra just to cover the escrow for the next 30 years. Plus, it's a never-ending hamster wheel. That's stuff that y'all got to think about. So anyways, well guys... Go to uh, ThirdAlarmCowboys.com. Be sure and get some cigars, man. We got that four-pack out now with a 10% discount. You're able to try all the different flavors and see which one that y'all like and which one's going to be your favorite that you can be able to subscribe to monthly. And, you know... Be able to help us out. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing the Third Alarm Cowboys as a business. We have our hands in a lot of stuff that I'm doing to generate my income. Basically, all of it right now, to be completely honest, I had somebody ask me if I kick all this shit to a foundation or something. No, guys, this is my foundation. I take every dime that I make from the shirts and the hats and the cigars All that stuff comes right back into this, me being able to sit here at this mic and put this information out to y'all for free that I feel is valuable information and obviously a lot of you do too because you're sharing it like crazy and everything like that. That's kind of the circle of life with the Third Alarm Cowboys finances. That's how this shit's going. So, you know... I hope that you all understand that, and I hope that you uh, will support that by going and ordering cigars. I have the new shirts and stuff will be coming out soon. I was talking with uh, with my team and knocking down the the design that we're going to actually put out first. So we have that coming. We got a uh, Cat R J Nepp's fight coming up next month in Houston, Texas. It's going to be huge. It's fight number two for him at the Red Isle Inn and in this six-fight contract that he's under. We got some big eyes looking at him right now, and I'm really just – Kind of blown away of where we're at with that. We also are expanding our uh, hashtag Third Alarm Fighter, the kind of little brand we're building. You know, basically parallel with the with the Third Alarm Cowboys. Part of it is we've done this Third Alarm Fighter, which is f- professional firefighters that are full time firefighters that are also in combat sports. Uh, we have. I'm not going to introduce him yet because he's going to come on the show and do the full introduction. But we have somebody else coming on board with that hashtag Third Alarm Fighter that I'm really excited about. He's a great dude. He worked for me years ago, and now we work at adjacent uh, mutual aid fire departments in the Houston, Texas area. Great, solid dude. Has lived a tremendous life and is doing really phenomenal things with himself, his career, and his family. And I'm very proud for him to be coming on board. So, we're growing, man. We're growing, and I hope that uh, you all understand that it's uh, it's under good means. It's wanting just the best for firefighters, man. I'm just I'm tired of firemen having to take it on the chin and solve everybody's problems and do all this shit for everybody. And who's doing the stuff for us? You know, who's taking care of us? It was always understood that at the end of the day, we would have a badass pension to and, and all that shit to enjoy the rest of our lives, but now we got damn politicians that are stealing the pensions out from under us. So, I mean, we're just basically being a punching bag in a lot of these departments and a lot of these cities. You're just a punching bag for the next 30 damn years for somebody else. Now, yes, you're serving your community, but service does not mean that you have to be abused. Service is taking care of others and doing right by others it's not being abused by uh administrations or city councils to benefit themselves So they're actually supposed if they're true servant leadership, they're supposed to do everything in their power to serve us as the firefighters and ensure that we are taken care of. That's true servant leadership, but that's one of those conferences that I think a lot of guys missed to go to. So, anyways, guys, well, go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Y'all continue to support us. Go follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Go on there and leave us a review. Share the show as much as y'all possibly can. Just flood this shit, guys. I can't thank you enough for everybody that's ordered uh, cigars and and apparel and everything throughout this last year. Just know that you've really been able to help us. Uh, I have some equipment coming Pretty soon, that's going to allow me to advance this uh, podcast even further. It's something I've been wanting to do, and and I can't wait to be able to offer that uh, to all you listeners out there. So, anyways, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Try to lose my way But I won't stumble Put you right back In your place Just like old Wayland said Outlaw